NPR. You might remember back in 2021 when there was this huge winter storm that hit Texas. It caused a blackout that lasted for days. And Mose Bouchel from public radio station KUT in Austin was there to report on it. Yeah, yeah, and, and lived through it myself. We lost power too. And in a way, that's a good starting point for today's episode because there was a lot of political fallout from the blackout. And ever since, state politicians and regulators have focused more on improving the Texas power grid. Yeah, but it has not been easy. And now some are saying that a a key reform that grid managers here put in place this year might have inflated energy prices by billions without any benefit for electric reliability. It has to do with something called artificial shortages on the energy market. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Jerry Woods. And I'm Mose Bouchel. Today's show, what we can learn from Texas on managing and perhaps mismanaging its energy market. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Babson College. Discover Babson College's Master of Science in Management in Entrepreneurial Leadership Program, an intensive nine-month journey that equips recent college graduates with practical skills for today's dynamic business landscape. Tackle real-world challenges and emerge with a problem-solving mindset. Whether you choose to start your own business or innovate within a corporation, a master's from Babson will help launch your career forward. Apply today at babson.edu slash msleader. This advertisement comes from our paid sponsor, Fundrise. High interest rates mean that real estate assets are available at a discount compared to previous valuations. The Fundrise flagship fund plans to expand its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. Add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio at fundrise.com indicator. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund before investing. Read the prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. So today we're going to talk about the Texas power grid, but we're going to start with a little overview of how electricity is bought and sold, because electricity markets are funny things. Yeah, I mean, for one thing, electricity is not something that that you can go without. So you want to have enough energy available to meet maximum demand at all times, even when demand is low. Yeah, you want to plan for the hottest days in summer and the coldest days in winter. And today, grid managers increasingly have a variable supply of electricity. In Texas, we produce more wind power than any other state, for example, but that wind doesn't always blow. The sun doesn't always shine for solar. So grid managers also need to plan for ways to cover those valleys of supply dropping or to account for those peaks of demand when it's high. And that is also especially tricky in Texas because the way the Texas energy market is designed, power plants don't really get paid to sit around just to be available for that peak demand, like in other places. They make money just for the power they actually sell on the grid. And people in favor of this say it's more efficient. You're not paying companies for electricity you don't need. But people opposed to this say it's a bad way to run a power grid. Texas gave up the safety margins of reliability. This is Ed Hers. Uh, He's an energy economist and a lecturer at the University of Houston. And if you can't tell, he does not like this market. No, not at all. Ever since the state deregulated about 23 years ago, Hers has been kind of railing against the system here. He says it gives power generators no incentive to build more plants, 
pushes the state towards a blackout. In fact, we've been teaching this very game for more than 20 years in, in every MBA energy trading class you can think of. So Ed has been kind of screaming into the void about this, saying the system is basically doomed to fail. And then that big blackout happened in 2021. And people started saying, maybe this Ed guy is onto something. Texas Monthly Magazine called him the Cassandra of the Texas power grid. So, Bit of classical reference there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you get that one, you can look it up if you don't get it. So when, when Ed writes something, all this is to say, people notice. They don't always agree with him, but they notice. So when the Texas grid operator adopted a new policy to guard against another blackout, Ed was paying attention. It was an energy reserve policy. The grid operator was going to pay more to power plants to keep power in reserve. Basically to withhold the energy to make sure it could be used in case supply on the grid got tight. You'd think Ed would like that. Kind of like Gene Wilder trying to to breathe life into young Frankenstein. (laughs) No, he did not like it. And earlier this year, in June, he published an opinion piece in a relatively small newspaper called The Victoria Advocate out of Victoria, Texas, near the Gulf Coast. What did you say the title of that article was? Get Ready to Pay More for Electricity. It was actually called Get Ready to Pay Much More for Electricity. My headlines are awful. I think it's to the point. So what Ed was saying is that this new program that the grid operator did, it didn't add any more capacity to the grid. Like, this program doesn't ensure that any more power plants are going to be built. It just held some energy back. And so what he's predicting, basically, is that it was going to scramble the Texas energy market. Basically, he's arguing that it would create the illusion of scarcity on the market, and that would drive up the price of whatever electricity is left for people to use. And it looks like that's what's happening. The market saw a scarcity that wasn't there. Costs rose, much to the chagrin of energy buyers. I mean, we we definitely had some upset clients. So this is Katie Coleman. Uh, She's a lawyer and a lobbyist that works on energy policy for industrial and manufacturing companies, like big factories. Electricity is a huge part of their operating expense. Like in August, companies were just having a hard time choosing between making product, and managing their energy costs. And this summer, they saw prices get even higher than they expected. Not sure, it was very hot this summer, and there was a ton of demand. But it looked like sometimes prices were high when there was enough supply. And you could watch this happen in real time. In Texas, there's an app that you can check to monitor the grid. Most states have these, but but here in Texas, since the 2021 blackout, it's like a state pastime. You can look at this app and see, we really look like we have a lot of reserves. Why are prices so high? She thinks the grid operators just put aside too much reserve energy, and that spiked the price. And once summer ended, an official report actually came out and put a number on it. It came from an office called the Independent Market Monitor. This is kind of like a third-party watchdog for the Texas power grid. Right, and then this report said that holding back electricity had created an artificial shortage that ended up inflating energy costs around $8 billion with no benefit to grid reliability. Now, we have to say that the Texas grid operator has pushed back against this analysis. Absolutely. Power grid officials, they question the report's conclusions. And besides, you know, they argue, uh, can you really put a price on reliability? But the person who serves as the independent market monitor stood by her analysis and... Then she suddenly resigned. Yeah, a lot of people say it was part of the political fallout from flagging this $8 billion cost. 
So where did that money go? Well, any entity that could sell electricity at those higher prices made a lot of cash. Ed Hurst says that power companies are an obvious example. And in terms of who paid it, well, that's where things get a little tricky. Uh, obviously, those big industrial consumers that Katie represents felt the pinch, but a lot of residential consumers have not felt it yet. That's because, unlike some big factories, residential users have fixed-rate electricity plans. Those contracts usually last one to three years, so they're not going to start paying higher prices until they start a new contract with their utility. But when that happens, those new costs will be baked in. And Ed says, watch out. I just re-upped my power plan two weeks ago, and uh, it was eye-watering. I won't say eye-opening, it was eye-watering. And this this whole thing has intensified a big debate in Texas over really over what kind of market we should have. And Ed says basically what he's been saying for like 20 years, the state should scrap its current system and go back to something closer to a, a traditional regulated market. Katie disagrees. Her companies have supported this reserve program. But she does think the state needs to review these energy programs to see if they work and if the costs are justified. And state regulators say they are planning to do just that. But in the meantime, the risk to the grid persists. Texas grid managers say if there's another really big storm this winter, there's a one in seven chance of another blackout. All right, something to watch out for. This episode was produced by Cooper Katz McKim with engineering by Robert Rodriguez and Sina Lafredo. It was fact-checked by Sierra Juarez. Cake and Cannon edits the show, and Neil Decatur is a production of NPR. These days, news comes at you fast. But the truth? Getting there takes time. There's something that hasn't been disclosed yet. Embedded is a podcast that takes the time to look beyond the headlines. How how did this happen? How did we get here? With original documentary storytelling. Listen to NPR's Embedded wherever you get your podcasts. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR.